S S S S E E E E Q Q Q Q U U U U E E E E L L L L Sequel Cast. Hot military product for the next decade. Dr. McNamara. We'll need an arrest subject. Mr. Kenny. Yes, sir. Would you come up and give us a hand, please? Yes, sir. Mr. Kenny is going to help us simulate a typical arrest and disarming procedure. Mr. Kenny, use your gun in a threatening manner. <laughs> Pointed at Ed 209. Yes, sir. Please put down your weapon. You have 20 seconds to comply. I think you'd better do what he says, Mr. Kenny. You now have 15 seconds to comply. You are in direct Welcome to the Sequel Cast. Sequel Cast is a show where we talk about movies in a franchise one movie at a time. I'm your host, Matt. With me is Sabrina. Hello. And we're starting off a new round of episodes discussing the uh, RoboCop movies. Yeah. So this one we're talking about RoboCop 1. People are really excited about this. It is on Facebook, yeah. Uh, someone was uh, mentioning that they got you know all the movies on Blu-ray and they got the, uh, the set of four prime directive made-for-TV movies and all these things. So, I mean, there's a lot of spinoffs of RoboCop, and we'll mention those uh, briefly in the RoboCop 3 episode. Mm-hmm. But a lot of that stuff hasn't even been released in the U.S. Like, they did a 20-something episode live-action Canadian RoboCop series. Are you serious? Yeah. It came out in Canada. It, it was on TV in the U.S., wow. but it never had a U.S. DVD release. Huh. But, um, but, yeah, and all these different, even though RoboCop always looks the same, it's usually a different actor playing him each time. So the chin and the lips look different, uh, and the voice is different. That's kind of cheesy. It is. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, you know, no offense because I love Canada and Canadians, but it just, you know, maybe it does kind of go with it. I don't know. Yeah, I think RoboCop, instead of eating baby food, he eats uh, maple syrup to go... And hockey players? Hockey players. Yeah. yeah That's he, all I know about Canada. <laughs> he, lives, uh, he lives off the blood of hockey players. Uh-huh. Cool. I've never been to Canada. I've heard it's nice. It's lovely. Is it? Mm-hmm. What did you do this past weekend? I went to Seattle. Oh, very nice. I uh, I just hung around. Oh? Yeah, I didn't do anything special hardly at all. So well, that has to be nice after all the stuff you did with the Mary Poppins. Yeah, it was nice just kind of hanging around a little uh-huh. bit, uh, you know, taking some walks and just, I don't know, just just being. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was definitely a nice change of pace. So isn't the Bacon Fest coming up in Portland? Yeah, Bacon Fest is coming up on August 13th here in Portland, Oregon. It's going to be uh, from noon until 8 o'clock, I believe, on 18th and Burnside. is attached to the East Burn. And it's basically a block, uh, a block party celebrating everything bacon. So if you like bacon, 
If you're an eater of bacon, if you're a lover of bacon, then we invite you to attend the 2011 third annual Portland Bacon Fest. Uh, it's five bucks to get in, plus two cans mm. donation, two cans of food. It goes to the Oregon Food Bank. Um, we estimate that we've raised over a ton of food for them in the last two wow. Bacon Fests alone. So um, we're pretty excited about that, too. So it's going to be a good time. They have things like chocolate dipped bacon or... Uh, you know, I'm honestly, I'm not entirely sure what we're going to have this year. Oh, okay. Uh, I know that we're going to have some bands. There's going to be um, <clears throat> bacon skateboards. Um, I believe Mobster Meatballs is coming back. Uh, bacon shirts, bacon vodka, bacon salt from Seattle is coming down as far as I know. Um, a lot of stuff that we had from last year too. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's a great little festival and um, we invite you to come and have some bacon. When I was in Seattle on Sunday, I went to a store. They were called Archie McPhee. Yeah, Archie McPhee's is great. That's down in Ballard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has all these uh, weird things in there. And uh, they had a, lot, a whole section devoted to bacon. Mm-hmm. I got myself a bacon wallet, but you could get bacon chewing gum, Sweet. bacon toothpaste. Yeah. And uh, in, in the gro- all the grocery stores now, you see bacon mayonnaise. I tried the bacon popcorn once. Um, th- it's not bad. Or if you get bacon salt Smoky. and then, you know, put it on the that popcorn. That might be better with the bacon salt. I like <coughs> yeah, I, I kind of like the bacon salt a little okay. bit better on the popcorn. That makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I've been to a place before and I've tried bacon vodka. Mm-hmm. And very, um, very salty. Very salty. Smoky. Mm-hmm. And still s- tastes like bacon But it vodka. tastes great with a Bloody Mary. I, I mean, think it would, yeah. yeah. I don't think it's meant to be d- uh, drunk by itself. No, do you think that if um, Robocop could actually eat anything that he would eat bacon? I think he'd like, uh, he'd like bacon. You know, I didn't... Uh, I'll put this on the Facebook page for um, next week or something. But there's commercials on YouTube from Korea of RoboCop uh, doing commercials for fried chicken. What? And Yeah, he's, his commercials for fried chicken and a commercial for ramen noodles. And, like, he comes in and picks up this kid's refrigerator. Oh, my God. So I'll have to show you that clip later. It doesn't make for good audio. Probably not. Okay, well, cool. Korean, I'm, but all I'm that stuff's curious funny. to see that. Yeah. But at RoboCop... Uh, for me, RoboCop is something I was always aware of as a kid, but I didn't see it until I was in high school. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was younger, I had some friends of the family that were, you know, in, in high school when I was like in second grade or something. And this kid drew RoboCop and I saw the video game when I went to the arcades. But I didn't see the movie until I was older, but I've heard it. I heard it was horribly violent. And so I really wanted to see it. Mm-hmm. And my dad would show us stuff like Terminator when we were pretty little. But RoboCop was when he never showed us. So it's something I had to discover on my own. Mm-hmm. Right, what about you? Um, okay, so here's the thing. For those that um, probably don't maybe know me all that well, I I love movies, but I am always that person that when they when somebody else says, oh my gosh, have you seen this? And I say, no, what's that? And they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you haven't seen it. Da-da-da-da-da-da. I'm that person. I'm mm. the person that's never seen things. <laughs> I've lived under a rock my entire life, apparently. So... Um, I was not exposed to Robocop until I was much older. Um, we're talking like, I'd venture to say probably less than five years ago. Oh, okay. Wow. Yes. I mean, still fairly new at, you know, everything. And I didn't know, I've heard about it. I know it's kind of like a cult classic in its uh-huh. own right. You know, that's very popular. Yeah. Not really understanding why. But, um, so a friend sat me down, you know, forced me to watch it. And, uh, I was like, wow, this is actually kind of cool. It was incredibly violent, a lot more violent than Uh I figured it would be. Um, and I'm sure that we'll get into a lot of comparisons with, uh, between this and Terminator. 
Um, it was not around the same time, really, but uh, well, Terminator the One came decade, out in '84. Yeah, and this was '87, so uh-huh. you know, a few years later. But just in comparison, I mean, it just I think that this one was much more violent than than Terminator. I know it's not what we're really comparing, but I was kind of I was kind of floored actually by some of the violence in RoboCop. <laughs> I was like, wow, they kill like this is like '87, you know? I yeah. Was, I don't even, I was in middle school, I think. So, you know, <laughs> yes, I just dated myself. So what? But I just, I found it going like, I was just kind of surprised at how violent it actually was. I didn't have anything against it because I actually really enjoy violent movies, but um, was just kind of blown away at how violent it was for being 87, maybe. Oh, and somehow I don't think RoboCop feels as dated as some other movies from the 80s. No, because and I I'm think not it sure takes why place in the it, future. Even though it's in the future, they don't make it look really tacky. It's still sort of a realistic future yeah aside from some of the haircuts Uh and aside from who's that um we'll get into character stuff here in a few but um the aside from like the cliche hey we're like partying in the 80s i've got my collar popped and i'm you know sniffing coke off of some lady's boobs well there's a lot of that i mean there's a lot of that yeah for the uh what is the guy's uh uh Bob Bob Morton Bob Morton yes yeah. um so I mean that whole thing was really cliche yeah um but as far as like everything else I didn't think it was really all that like time no. you know like time I mean, speaking I of the time you know this Robocop one came out in 87 on a budget of 13 million dollars uh, at least domestically in the US made 53 million I wasn't able to see how much it made worldwide but in 1987, this was the number 16 movie, uh, as far as box office goes, in the U.S. Wow. Number 15 was La Bamba. Awesome. A uh, biopic about, I don't remember that guy's oh, name. Who cares? Richie, Richie Valens. Yes. Richie right. Sambora. Richie Cunningham. Richie, okay. People know this on La Bamba, and they don't get it, and I don't either. Number 17, Below Robocop was Just Fortune, a movie starring uh, Bette Midler. Oh, my God. That was a terrible movie. Have you seen I've never seen I it think before. I, have, I think I recall seeing okay. it, yeah. Isn't that sort of like a movie where they're being chased by the mafia or something? I think so. Either either that or I'm thinking it's of... It's Bette Midler and Shelley Long? Eh, oh, maybe. Maybe I, maybe I was thinking of something else. Okay. Uh, anyway. But I thought that was sort of funny. And uh, in the U.S. in 87, I was really surprised to see that RoboCop did better than the James Bond movie that came out that year. Oh. But the James Bond movie that came out in 87 was The Living Daylights. And that was the first one with Timothy Dalton. This was after Roger Moore had done, I don't know, eight James Bond movies. Mm -hmm. And they were trying to do a realistic, more violent James Bond. But this, in the mid-80s, for action heroes, you had all the steroid guys like Schwarzenegger and Stallone. And maybe at that time, James Bond didn't seem some uh, out of touch in America at the time. I don't know. Huh. But I thought that was sort of interesting. But uh, the number one movie for 1987 in the U.S. was Three Men and a Baby. That was the top grossing That was movie an awesome movie. I'm not going to lie. Three Men and a Little Lady. That was the sequel. Yes. Oh, God. Are we going to do that? Are we going to do that series? I, I don't know. Hope not. Um, if you would like us to do Three Men and a Baby <laughs> or Three Men and a Little Lady, go to Facebook, uh, SequelCast, or just uh, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that would be Matt specifically, at SequelCast. And uh, tell us, yes or no. Just yeah. say, you know what, Three Men that and works. a Baby, bad idea, thumbs up, thumbs down, let us know. Yep. And uh, if you like the show or if you hate it, just leave a review on iTunes, because we have a whopping one review on iTunes. Woohoo! After uh, almost 60 episodes. So. <laughs> Shit. Come on that, people. Come on. <laughs> Wow. So yeah, so those are some stats about RoboCop. Uh, RoboCop was nominated for two Oscars. Really? Yeah, and, and nominated for uh, best editing and best sound. 
and it oh. lost both those Oscars to The Last Emperor. I could was, see that, actually. I never saw The Last Emperor, but I, I know the cover of the video was like a small Asian kid. Oh, I believe you're right. And uh, I think it's based on a true story or something. But, um, and I watched a little on YouTube. They had a documentary on RoboCop, and they mentioned the first time uh, it took so long for them to build the RoboCop suit that mm-hmm. they didn't get it on set until they were about ready to film. And it took them 12 hours to get actor Peter Weller in the <sighs> suit for RoboCop the first time. You know. And he pitched a fit, and he said, you're not going to film me the first time I'm in this suit because I look ridiculous. And so he made them take three days off so he could try and get the movement down. I think all the armor, I don't, I don't, I don't know what the costume was made out of, weighed like 40 or 50 pounds. That I could see, yes. Yeah. But honestly... I, I don't necessarily want to call bullshit on this because I'm pretty sure that if Peter Weller said it, then it's true because he's awesome. But um, I just I 12 hours to get somebody into costume. It doesn't it doesn't even take the <laughs> it doesn't even take him that long to do the full body paint on the blue chick from the freaking X-Men. You know what I mean? It yeah. just I 12 hours to get somebody into a costume like that I, for what are you going to do? Like five minutes of filming and then he's going to pass out. I mean, it, it, it seems really excessive. Like it's that overblown. does seem a bit you know? overdone. I mean, when you think about it, twelve hours. Yeah, people don't even work. People will normally work what like an eight or nine hour shift. We're talking twelve hours to get into one piece of. I mean, one costume. I mean, it's right. just come on. You know what? The designers probably could have done a better job at like constructing this in order to make it so that hey, Peter, buddy, all you have to do is walk in and with your arms out or whatever, <laughs> and we're gonna take care of all the robotics we're going to snap this front of the you on you know the front piece I mean, what if on. the actor playing robocop had to take a piss or something well he's screwed he has to wait for 12 hours well, to i'm sure get that's one of, of the costume. things that the designer you know you, you know you, you got to take these things in consideration when yeah. you're designing a costume how easy is this going to be for this guy to take a piss right well you build a little flap or you build a little door thingy where you it goes and he can you know whip it out and just go whatever he needs to do so yeah. if he needs to poo mm. that's a totally different story then yeah he's totally fucked yeah. Because you can't... You always have to remember to take a poo before wearing your RoboCop outfit. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, speaking of, you know, Peter Weller as RoboCop, how do you think he... Did you like him in this movie? I really did. I'm, I like Peter Weller overall, but honestly, I think this is, like, the only thing that I've ever really he's seen He's not a in. really well-known actor. No, he's not. And I think a lot of people go, oh, yeah, that guy. You know, but you don't necessarily want to call him a character actor. Because they usually do things a lot more frequently. Yeah, and he did like some science fiction stuff. I know recently he got like a doctorate in history. And so he talks on these History Channel documentaries about the Roman Empire. And he teaches college courses. Hmm. And he might act still occasionally. Oh, that's cool. But um, yeah, I don't know. He was never like Robocop was certainly his most high profile movie. But the thing I found about Peter Weller is when he's Alex Murphy, the cop, before he becomes a Robocop, he's really stiff. He's not very interest. I didn't find him interesting to watch. I forgot about this. Yes. So sorry. Um, yeah, he hasn't. He's done like some other TV stuff. I do remember that he was in 24. And that's kind of where. Okay. Um, and that was in the year 2006. And come to think about it, I think uh-huh. that's where. And that's when I first watched RoboCop was in oh, 06. Okay. Because I remember watching 24, my friend going, oh, my God, it's Peter Well, it's, it's RoboCop. You got it. And I'm like, RoboCop, what's that? And that's when it's like, you know, you need to sit down and you need to watch mm, this. Okay. So I remember him being in 24, but he was also in Dexter last year, which is oh. one of my favorite shows. But I did not watch season no. four. So, hmm. uh-huh. you know, Dexter, I've seen on and off. I, I like the, the actors and stuff in it. But, um... 
I need to catch up with that show because I've seen some of the episodes that John Lithgow was in a oh, year or two ago, great, and those yeah. are really good. Those are really good. Um, it looks like he does have a couple of things in post production right now. Okay. Um, forced to flight or sorry, forced to fight and dragonize. So yeah. who knows what those are? Where they're yeah. Gonna I go, mean, the other movie he's known for is there's a cult sci-fi movie called Buckaroo Bonsai across the right. eighth dimension, and I've never seen that one. No, see, I get chastised for not seeing that one either. Oh my god, I can't believe yeah. we've never seen this one. Oh my god, oh my god. Okay, fine. I'll have to watch this one of these days, you know? Yep. So, um... And John Lithgow's in that one. He is, indeed. Yep, that I know. So. And so. so is Jeff Goldblum. Cool. Uh, so you got Peter Weller as Robocop. You got Nancy Allen as Ann Lewis. She was his great. Partner. I liked her. I like how she looks like a... More like an average-looking woman. You know, she, she looks like a cop. She I looks mean, like a cop. Yeah, right. She doesn't look like a... Oh, what show? On TJ Hooker, they had... Heather Locklear. Heather Locklear, right, as a cop with the floor. It's one of my favorite shows. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Sorry. I'm a big hooker fan. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> uh, you know, but Nancy Allen looks like a cop. She has, like, the short hair. She doesn't look unrealistically beautiful for mm-hmm. a cop. Yeah. I just think uh, it works, and she's, like, a tough cookie. She gets to throw a few punches in there. Yeah, she does. Uh, she, yeah, she throws something kind of towards the end. You know, she gets rid of something pretty important. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, she's kind of a tough broad. Um, as far as her character goes, I like the fact that it was almost like she was the only one in the whole movie that was able to identify with RoboCop. She yeah. was the only one that knew exactly that it was, you know, Murphy. Um, she was like, like the only thing that really humanized him. Yeah, because although, we'll talk about this more in the plot, I guess, but although he had a family, you only see the family in this movie in flashbacks. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I liked her character because she she stayed she stayed strong for Robocop because she knew yep. who he was. So, um, I liked her feistiness. Uh, I, I like, I, I think her willingness to kind of break and or bend the rules of mm-hmm. the cophood or whatever. So the cophood, yeah. The cophood. Okay. The brotherhood of the cops. You know, I'm glad there wasn't like a sex scene between RoboCop and uh, that would be a bad idea, man. And Lewis, that would be awful. Because if it took him 12 hours to get in the costume, <laughs> how is he going to make? I mean, uh, and she's going to get all the cuts of the weird edges on his costume, the metal uh, against skin. Bad idea. Yeah, it wouldn't be good either. No, <laughs> <laughs> very bad idea. That would have been very. But I just think of 80s movies and they have awkward sex scenes mm-hmm. with bad lighting and music. And RoboCop uh, <laughs> didn't have that in the first movie. I don't think any of the movies have sex scenes, or at least not ones with RoboCop having I sex with someone. I really hope not. Yeah, that would be... Uh, I'm sure there's <sighs> stories about that online. People have made up fan fiction, I bet. Oh, God. Word stories. If I was smart, I would have brought one of those to read out loud, but I'm not. So. Uh, I'm kind of glad you didn't. Yeah. So you, you got a lot of bad guys in RoboCop, but they do a good job ju- going between the different sort of villains of the piece. It's not like a Batman movie where you got, I don't know, the Riddler and Two-Face and whoever the fuck else. Mm-hmm. And it gets lame and confusing. Yeah, there was still very... there was I guess there was uh, maybe what you're you trying have to the, say. The, there's you have corporate bad guys and you have the criminal Yeah, there's an order guys. to the bad guys. Uh-huh. Yeah. Definitely. Do you want to explain them? Sure. Uh, you know, I think the one that everyone remembers is uh, Clarence Boddicker, played by Kurtwood Smith. People know that actor better as the dad on that 70s show. But he's this uh, really short actor with these thick glasses who's uh, bald, pretty much, or balding. Mm-hmm. But he's just really intense. Yeah, he, he, he was curses an asshole. constantly. He's a huge asshole. Oh, God, I hated <laughs> him in this movie. 
But you're supposed to. I, I you, understand you to that. Him. I don't. <laughs> but yeah, he was just such a dick. He was the one that originally um, uh, basically put the final bullet with or to to what's his bucket to Robocop yeah. to Murphy. I mean, yeah. as as Murphy. Uh, he was uh, kind of like the final one where Murphy always had a zation of this, this person is, yep. you know. Anyway, he was a dick. I did not like him. And then you got the two main corporate guys. You got Ronnie Cox as Dick Jones, who's sort of the older one. And he's in a lot of 80s movies like Total Recall. Mm-hmm. And um, he is the guy that's, but you see, in in the movie, well, I'll just save this for the plot, I guess, talking about these other guys. But the other corporate guy, uh, Miguel Ferrer, as uh, Bob Morton, who was the guy that sniffs cocaine the whole movie and stuff. He's actually a cousin of George Clooney. Really? Yeah. I think I might have known that, but... He's been in a lot of movies, but he's never, like, a starring part in a movie. Like, mm-hmm. you'd recognize him if you've seen him. Yeah, you would. He was on an episode of Twin Peaks, as was uh, the actor Ray Wise is one of the gangsters in the movie, and he was the father on Twin Peaks. I never saw the show. Oh, okay. Well, maybe some of our listeners have. It's good. It's on Netflix instantly. Oh, good. Okay. But it's sort of a cheesy like soap opera done by David Lynch, so it's all ah David weird. Lynch. Yeah. Right. Which, by the way, you can actually get all three th- of the RoboCop ones that we're going to. That's be right. Yeah, RoboCop one. one, two, and three. That's all on Netflix instantly, and so is the uh, RoboCop um, Prime Directives miniseries. Mm-hmm. That's on Netflix instantly as well. So, cool. A lot of RoboCop if you have Netflix instantly in uh, the United States. Sweet. So the movie opens with these fake news segments, and they kind of go throughout the movie. Did you like those? Do you think they're funny? Um, what are you talking about? So they have the thing with the news reporters where they kind of oh, talk yeah. about Detroit, and they have the fake commercials where it's like Battleship, but it's like nuclear weapons. Those are those were really good. Um, I didn't quite understand what it was doing at first, but uh-huh. I think because... I didn't really understand it within the context of the movie, but yet I did get it because it's, hey, it's set in this futuristic thing and there's this other crap going on and it's like their news, their little news bulletin. But I think because I didn't see it until much later, mm-hmm. this was something that was already done in movies before. Well, right. And in fact, but the director, Paul Verhoeven, that did RoboCop, he also directed Basic Instinct. But more to the point, he directed Starship Troopers, which has news sequences and stuff that's similar Right. From what I understand, this. this was like by setting these new sequences up within RoboCop, it actually set the standard for all movies going forward and doing that. It's like once mm-hmm. you saw this and like everybody and their mother did it. Yeah. That's kind of what I was told. So I was like, oh, yeah, because really when you start thinking about all of the movies that came in after this. Yeah, there's quite a few. I can't name any of them right now, but there's quite a few that are like that that break into it. I liked it. I thought it was a good little distraction. It kind of sets things up a little bit uh, more, not necessarily towards the plot but more towards the environment that they were in. Right, because they even go into these news stories of what's going on uh, worldwide at whatever time this movie's supposed to take place. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just lets you know the world is sort of in chaos. Detroit is a shithole, but in particular, like, it's really bad. But there's a corporation called OCP, Omni Consumer Products, that wants to uh, redo Detroit and make it new Detroit, make it all nice and, uh, and spiffy. But to do that, you know, just the police they have in Detroit aren't good enough. So they try to develop two separate systems to uh, get a better cop to get rid of the criminals. Mm-hmm. And one of these is the one the older man uh, that works for OCP, Dick Jones, does, which is Ed 209, which is sort of this squat, fat, 
little robot with the big legs. Mm-hmm. And how would you describe how he looks like? Uh, oh. Yeah, almost kind of like a weird bunny cut off. Like <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Cut it off. I think, isn't that what we heard at the beginning of the episode? It was. was that Ed 209? Yeah, there's bit? a scene where he goes and they demonstrate Ed 209. And the idea is if he sees someone with a pistol, he'll tell, oh, drop your weapon. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we're going to take you to jail and arrest you. But in the demonstration, he messes up. And just kills the <laughs> He just kills executive. the entire executive staff. Yeah. And it's extraordinarily bloody, and it comes out of nowhere. If you hadn't seen the movie before or known about that scene. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> within the first few, I would say within the first, what? It's within the 15, first 10, 10 or 15 minutes, yeah. Yeah, it's something that, wow, <laughs> if you're not expecting it, um, yeah, that's, it does come as a shock. I remember it did for me. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I mean, we're not talking like... Hey, it's just showing, you know, like the, some, there's like some scenes where it's just showing the robot actually shooting and you don't actually see any of the death. And you hear people screaming. And you hear people screaming. No, they yeah. actually show the people getting shot. And they get shot several times. Yeah, and they're kind of like, <laughs> oh, you know, doing yeah, the, the blood shaking all over of the, the place. Yeah, and it's just like, wow, you should have been dead like three minutes ago. Ugh. And so because of this, the, uh, the old man, the head of OCP, is so upset that uh, Bob Morton, the younger guy, says, well, I got this RoboCop program that we're working on. And what he explains in a line of dialogue that the movie I wish would have explained more is OCP, the corporation, is so big in Detroit, they're tied in with the police. And mm-hmm. in fact, they're systematically taking effective cops from nicer districts into Detroit into high-risk areas. So they'll be injured on purpose for use in the RoboCop program. Yeah. I think that that's a fantastic idea that he went ahead and did that. <laughs> well, I <laughs> but, mean, that's the know. whole reason why Alex Murphy is stationed in Detroit and stationed on stationed on a mission where he almost gets killed. Mm-hmm. Well, because everybody at this point, I think everybody's like already either on strike or they're going to be or that happens a little bit yeah, later yeah. or something like that. But, yeah, that is sort of going throughout the movie, too. I forgot uh, is that the police want to go on strike. Because they're not getting paid enough. They're being put in really dangerous situations. Mm-hmm. And they're upset at the uh, OCP company. Right. And we're talking cops that are like, uh, you know, n- nine times out of ten you see patrol officers or whether they're in a vehicle or just milling around. I'm sure they, they've got like their little bulletproof vest or whatever. But these people are wearing like full fucking armor, like going out on the streets. We're talking like bringing their shields and their helmets and everything else is just like, hey, I'm an on-duty cop. But this is what's required because everything is so dangerous. That's how dangerous it is. Mm-hmm. And uh, you definitely get a point about how dangerous it is on the real first mission James Murphy goes on with his partner, Nancy Allen. And he ta- and James Murphy has a... It's not... It's Alex Murphy. Alex Why Murphy. did I say James Murphy? That's wrong know. in my notes. Uh, he has a family. He has a wife and a kid. But surprisingly, you never see the wife and the kid. Mm-mm. You sort of see these flashbacks when he becomes RoboCop and thinks about, oh, this life he used to have. And um, I guess that's fine. I mean, it could have been really cheesy if they had a lot with the wife... And uh, the wife actually comes back in this RoboCop 2. Oh, really? Is a character in that. Okay. But they never do anything with the kid again, at huh. least not in the movies. Okay. But, which is kind of weird. I think they'd do something. Uh, yeah, she was like a little bit more remorse, or I don't know, some flashbacks or something. Yeah. But um, so uh, we talked about the really violent scene in the beginning with Ed 209 killing an executive. There's an even more violent scene where uh, Alex Murphy and Nancy Allen or Ann Lewis, go in to confront Boddicker and all his goons in this empty uh, steel mill. And Nancy Allen sees a thug take a pee or something, Mm -hmm. and she's distracted, and she gets thrown off, knocked unconscious. 
And she's done. And she's I done. Mean, yeah, we don't really see but her again. We until already later. know when they get into the situation, they're really outnumbered. It's just two cops going into this big place with, I don't know, 10 random gu- dudes in there with machine guns and all these things. Mm-hmm. And Alex Murphy, he doesn't just get shot once by uh, Boddicker and all those guys. No, he does not. It's just. <laughs> It is. He gets his arm blown. He gets his arms blown off. His legs blown off. He's screaming. There's blood pouring out everywhere. Yeah, and it's not like shoot him in the head. A grenadey thing. It's like taking out an arm with bullets. People, I'm talking like bullets out of a gun (laughs) to take off a whole arm. Well, like they blow off part of his hand, and then they blow off the entire arm. This and, they, and they're laughing hysterically. I mean, the way the bad guys laugh and giggle as they shoot things reminded me a little bit of Mad Max. Dude, I, yeah, but I it's guess so. more extreme. This is way <laughs> more extreme. Do you think it makes the violence funny, or do you think you're just sort of no, shocked? I can't believe they went there. In, yeah, this was uh-huh. incredibly uncomfortable to yeah. watch. And I mean, more so than anything that I've, I mean, I could sit there and watch Machete over and over, which is, and well, you Machete know, is like, silly. I know it's silly, but yeah. there's times where it's just like, dude, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> you just don't go there. No, this because there was like, there was no real emotional attachment to it. I mean, that's one thing about this movie that you never really truly get emotionally attached to, um, to Joan, uh, or sorry, yeah, Murphy. Nancy, Murphy. Oh. No, 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 to, to either of them, really. I no. mean, you, you, you don't know enough about them in order to truly care about them, but because you know that they're like the only good guys within this whole movie, that's where your emotional attachment comes mm-hmm. from. And to see this guy so disturbingly blown to bits it fucks with your mind. It's just like, is this, I mean, I was literally sitting there like with my jaw open going, when is this going to be done? When is he either A, going to die or B, are they're going to stop shooting at him? Because this is really, really, really disturbing me. And like I said, there's not much that really, truly disturbs me unless it's like a psychological thriller or something like that. But this was just like, really? Are yeah. you done yet? It does keep on going. And you know, when he wakes up, it's sort of, he's being operated on being transitioned into RoboCop. Mm-hmm. And I'm really confused. Why don't they just make RoboCop a complete robot? Why do they have to make him have the head of a human, uh, I guess the brain of a human? With the body of a robot, the robot, basically, once they put him back together? Because they mentioned, oh, one of his arms survived. Oh, we should just make it robotic. That'll make him tougher. He doesn't have a choice in the matter. Yeah, I think it was, hey, we found a subject that was the way he was, and this is like the prime opportunity. I mean, it's I mean, it's so it's so... Oh, how handy. The timing is for you here, But Mr. the idea, whatever. I guess it uses his brain because he knows how to be a good cop and all these things. They wipe his memory because he doesn't remember too much right. of his life. So. Yeah, they still wipe his memory. And I think within all of these other little flashbacks and emotional things that he keeps um, somehow triggering in himself, mm-hmm. then that's, you know, kind of where the, the rest of the movie leads down towards. But um I think that they chose him because he was, they wanted to see how badly somebody could actually be like, how bad does a person have to be before we can actually put him back together again? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's that like was Humpty like, Dumpty. The, yeah, th- this was the epitome of, of like shot to shit. Literally. Yeah, yeah. He was basically like gravy at that point. You know what I mean? Almost to that point where we're just like, okay, well this is as bad as it's going to get. Anything beyond this is just going to be unsalvageable. If another cop happens to have this happen to him. So maybe we'll just, you know, see how it goes with uh, all of these little pieces and bam, voila, you get Robocop. Yep. You mentioned Terminator, which is something you, you definitely think of when watching this movie, mm-hmm. uh, how he walks, the sort of stilted way, how he walks, the way, how he speaks. Right. He's very robotic. He doesn't have big, long monologues or anything. 
the other thing that RoboCop is very similar to is a comic book character called Judge Dredd that they later made a Stallone movie off of. But Judge Dredd was a character, was a special kind of cop who was judge, jury, and executioner. Mm-hmm. He could see you do a crime, say you were guilty, and kill you on the spot. And so that sort of thing is sort of similar. It was an inspiration for RoboCop. But, um, I mean, I think the the look of RoboCop, I think, looks nice. With you just see the, the lips and the chin, but the rest is all robot, pretty much. Right. But I think he looks weird when he takes off his mask. It do, Yeah, he does. It's um, scary. It it's is. like, because you see the back of his head is like robot parts. Mm-hmm. And the rest of him looks bald, but it's not quite in proportion to what it should be. Right. Yeah. If you look at the, um, well, I think it was actually something that you had sent me here. Yeah. If you look at the, the cover of RoboCop, yeah. the, I guess this is the DVD version. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, the actual Peter Weller versus the other, you know, it's, it's a mask. It's like a silicon mask or something. And it's, I mean, it's not to say that it's not well done, but it just looks really weird because there's no there's no like defining thing where like hair would start or mm-hmm. I don't even think we see his ears. No, I don't think you do. I think those it's really be robot bizarre. ears. Yeah. yeah. It's like somebody like literally just cut off his skin and said, flappy flap, here you go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's gross, but I mean, come on. You yeah. Like, you know, whatever. I didn't really care for that part of it. Actually. I wanted to give him a toupee. I wanted you to give used a, a toupee. Or I just think it's just something about these uh, movies where, when they have the costume on, it looks so iconic, but when they don't, when some of the costume is taken off, like Spider-Man, where he's not wearing the mask, and it's just mm-hmm. the Tobey Maguire head on top of the costume, it just looks stupid. Yeah, I but I mean, I think it'll be, uh, because we all know, and Grant, we know that Peter Weller is RoboCop, but um, I think just because you're not expecting, because it's so different, you know yeah. what I mean? It's like, it's different mm-hmm. because you already know what Peter Parker looks like. It's just, oh, look, it's Spider-Man without his mask on. We already know. It's not like he hasn't been altered in any way, shape, or form right. to really, you know what I mean? Where this That's is just true. like completely weird. Kind of monstrous. Yeah. And there's looks. like a the couple like really kind of cool things. Um kind of speaking back to the costume uh-huh. a little bit, um, that the suit was so hot and heavy that Peter Weller was actually losing three pounds a day from water loss. I can believe it. Yeah. Eventually they had uh, wow. to install an air conditioner in the suit. Even then, I bet it was still pretty hot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't even imagine I mean, that. you hear stories of these people that work at uh, Disney World or any of those places in the Mickey yeah. Mouse suits and how gross those get. Oh, God, Oh, the yeah, fungus, the things that... Mm-hmm. And you think the, the corporations oh, wash yeah. those costumes every day? Oh, you know what? I did no? Disney on Ice when it was here. <laughs> and granted, it's a little different, but because uh, you're talking about like athletes that are actually wearing these costumes and uh-huh. skating around. Oh. With the smell? You, had a, you didn't have to put the costume on, did you? Oh, yeah. We dressed everybody. Oh, yeah. But you didn't have to put the costume on yourself. Oh, no, I know. No, No. me, no. I had to put them away. Yeah. Um, So, hey, when they got done, it's just like, yes, my hand had to go into the mask. Uh Okay. Granted, there's like sanitization stuff that they do for it. But still, some of them were just like, oh, wet dog. Like, like, it's just so gross. (laughs) Um, Another fun fact about the movie is is that for the theatrical trailer, Orion used the music from their film, The Terminator. Right. Um, And then it said Schwarzenegger was briefly considered for the role of Robocop, but... um, those involvement, uh, or, sorry, those involved with the film were concerned that he'd be too bulky in the suit and end up looking like the Michelin Man. I don't know about that, but I mean, I think Terminator and RoboCop are kind of similar. I don't think you'd want to play a part robot, part man again. Yeah, so. But, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of actors turned down the part of RoboCop. They were dumb. I think so. Because, um, I mean, it, it's you're doing a part where most of your face is covered up the entire time. Mm-hmm. So, 
RoboCop, uh, you get a lot of montages where he hel- helps uh, foil crimes throughout the city. Mm-hmm. He stops a robbery. He, uh, I think there's like a, a good sense of humor in the movie, even though it's extremely violent. I really like a scene where a woman is about to get gain-baned by two guys, and RoboCop comes up to save her, and uh, he, uh, this, this guy's holding the girl with a knife to uh, her throat, mm-hmm. and RoboCop shoots through the lady's skirt and hits the guy oh, right yeah. in the crotch. Oh, okay, okay. And he starts screaming, and it's extremely bloody. Uh, and the yeah. guy's yelling, fuck you, RoboCop. And the girl, like, hugs RoboCop, and he tells her, you need to go to the nearest rape crisis center. <laughs> he's just following <laughs> protocol. Yeah. It's just, he's like, oh, thank you. She's all emotional, and he's just, here is the number for the rape crisis center. <laughs> thank you. Now. Have a nice day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Well, that was like that was kind of the cool thing about RoboCop is is that I mean, if he really did have any emotion as mm-hmm. he was protecting and serving or whatever, I wouldn't have bought it. You know, right. I like that the fact that it was yeah that it was more of a transitional thing that you yeah. saw like his internal clock or whatever. You could like you could hear the you could hear the gears in his brain turning back into the human person that he was. It wasn't automatic, and obviously that's it's pretty evident towards the end of the movie, but. Um, you know, when it came to him doing his duties, like the, um, uh, when he started tracking down the guys that had killed him, he was kind of right. knocking he them has, off one by one. Yeah, he has a dream and he remembers what happened. Right. So, right, he, he goes to, tr- to chase him down. Right. And he chases down um, uh, the one, I don't even know what his name was. But, but Boddicker is the head guy. You mean him? No, 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 no. Well, he goes to try to ultimately chase him down, but he starts with all the goons first. So, he starts uh-huh. with the guy that... Um, was like given the gas station attendant a whole bunch of shit. Oh, right. And it explodes. Yeah. And because actually it was funny because actually that guy was a doctor in ER for the longest time too. But yeah, um, yeah, I can't remember his name. He's kind of, he's a ginger. Um, No offense to gingers out there, but that's just what I call redheads. Um, And he, he was just like such a badass. And then Robocop came up and it's just like, well, you know what? This, this geeky guy is just going to get it. You know, he's like, he's just studying his like linear algebra and that's, that's right. Yeah. You know, he just wants to have fun with his math. And you know, this other guy is just kind of being a total ass master to him. And Mm -hmm. so Robocop kind of comes in and saves the day. But I can't imagine, my point is, is that I can't imagine him like having any feelings. Right. In trying to save the nerd or the lady or you know whatever and yet they do have a scene where robocop goes to the house of alex murphy you know when he was a human and he wants to see his wife and kid but the house is completely empty mm-hmm. they've moved and all these things and so you see robocop go through the empty house looking kind of sad and wisely they don't have robocop speak he doesn't say no yeah he doesn't start crying but he just kind of <laughs> jerks around as it plays these sort of flashbacks mm-hmm and uh, the other thing that, that a Terminator did that RoboCop does as well, and it's cool in both those movies, is you get the first-person shots yeah. uh, from the computer point of view. Mm-hmm. When yeah, trying, from I'm, like, gonna I'm inside the helmet. This is what I'm looking at. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm going to hit this guy in the crotch. I'm going to hit this guy in the arm. I'm going to pick up this gun. This is my directive. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's always very cool. Oh, yeah. I liked it when that happened. Um, even when he was in that house and it was like you saw the guy on TV that was basically telling him about the house that was for sale. Mm-hmm. That was... that was weird (laughs) it's pretty strange and speaking of stuff on tv in the movie there's a running joke where there's a sitcom in the world of robocop or it's a an old man with the mustache that's surrounded by busty ladies and he says i'd buy that for a dollar right and they do that as a joke several times in the movie and on twitter if you type robocop anything 
within two minutes, you're going to get a tweet from a spam bot that says, I'd buy that for a dollar. Or you'd get them from, uh, I, I think I've gotten a series of four different ones. Really, I got one from OCP chairman where he says, Detroit has a cancer. That cancer is crime. I've gotten that one. Uh-huh. I got one from the OCP chair saying, I'm Dick Jones and I did whatever, whatever, whatever. Oh, I like haven't seen that end, one. Yeah, I've gotten That's like funny. a series of four different <laughs> ones and I should have like collected them if had I known that we were doing this because that was a while ago. That was when I was watching it like, oh, three, okay. three months ago. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm watching Robocop, you know? And it's like, <laughs> I'm going for a dollar. <laughs> you know, so yeah, if you're on Twitter and you say anything about Robocop, guess what? You're going to get botted. Definitely. It's kind of fun though. It's almost like the Lebowski thing. You know, anytime there's you, a Lebowski bot. Oh God, there's tons there? of them. Okay. There's more Lebowski bots than there are Robocop <laughs> bots. Yeah, Lebowski is this huge, huge, okay. huge series of bots. So anyway, I, I thought that was kind of fun. <laughs> so you get these um, little action scene. Robocop is chasing down Boddicker, the head bad guy, in a drug factory. And there's a big shootout, and uh, Boddicker is trying to be all innocent. He says, "Oh, I, I didn't mean to do all this stuff." It's Dick Jones's fault. It's this head guy of uh, OCP. Mm-hmm. It's his problem. And then RoboCop tries to kill Dick Jones. Or not kill him, but he tries to arrest him because he has video proof of Boddicker telling him that Dick Jones is behind all this. Mm-hmm. But you find out what the fourth directive is, which I didn't write that down. But it's like you can't harm an OCP executive or you can't arrest them. Right. So he starts shutting down. And I thought, when I first saw this movie for the first time, I thought that was a really cool plot twist. Mm-hmm. Because they were smart enough to program that immunity for the top people at the uh, corporation. Right. Well, and then at some point um, throughout this, I think when he kind of shuts down, um, isn't there like another one that's being built, another RoboCop-ish kind of thing? Or doesn't he, doesn't he start bringing back uh, the Ed... Yeah, Ed 209 comes back. They don't really show them rebuilding it, but uh, yeah, RoboCop tries to hurt Dick Jones and doesn't, so Dick Jones sicks Ed 209 on him. And it's a really funny scene because Ed 209 has rocket launchers and all this stuff, but he's bulky. And yeah. <laughs> RoboCop just runs down a flight of stairs. And there's a great shot where Ed 209 has these big claw feet and he's trying to go down these stairs and he has the one foot. And it's like... Rrr, rrr, rrr. He's trying to land perfectly, but his feet are too big. Mm-hmm. And he tumbles down the stairs. Ed 209 lands on his back and starts crying like a baby, kicking and screaming. Yeah, it's like a bug. It's like one of the, like, <laughs> the uh, roly-polies that you oh, can't yeah. roll back over. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of. I thought that was pretty funny. So it's like this big, fearsome robot that all you have to do is knock him on its ass mm-hmm. to kill it. And I thought that's very, uh, very clever. Yeah. Because uh, if it would have been a big shootout with explosions, that would have been like any movie. Right. It wouldn't have been that much fun. Um, what did you think of... Okay, so the, the the guy that was harassing the algebra guy, mm-hmm. one of the goons, Yeah. how did you like the way that he died? Do you want to set that up a little yeah, bit? Yeah, yeah. So towards the end, RoboCop uh, goes for this uh, kind of final... It's not the final showdown, but it's a final showdown with Boddicker and those goons at the same place where he was... Uh, Murphy was mangled to begin with in this abandoned steel mill. And one of the things in there is a truck of toxic waste. Mm-hmm. And uh, somehow, what, that gets shot or something, right? And it leaks yeah. on the, the ginger guy. And his face starts melting, and it's a really gross-looking makeup. But meanwhile, Boddicker is trying to run away in a car. And he just runs over the ginger guy, even though it's his own henchman. Mm-hmm. And he's screaming, and he explodes. 
into lots of uh, juicy bits. Well, and the the ginger guy. I'm sorry, that's what we're calling him, but I don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, he because he has all of this like radioactive waste material on him. Doesn't he like grow like hooves or something like that? Like he starts to become like a little bit of an animal or it something. It looks a bit like an. He starts to wail like a pig. Yeah. His uh, like, his face is melting. Has all these warts. It's yeah. very fast acting toxic waste. Uh, yeah, I, f- I found that like another disturbing feature, not nearly as disturbing as, as, uh, you know, his death, as yeah. Robocop's death. Um, but, uh, or even at the beginning when they shoot all those people, this was the third most disturbing thing that, that I saw in this movie. It's gross. It's disgusting. And when he gets run over, you don't expect him to explode. No. <laughs> Normally people don't explode when you run over them. Their and heads might pop off or something, but you know. I mean, part of the uh, this uh, the film director, Paul Verhoeven, part of what he does is makes violence over the top. Mm-hmm. And uh, Starship Troopers has a lot of crazy amount of blood in that movie. Although none of the basic instincts were like that. No. Which is weird. I didn't even think that we were doing like basically two series of Vanderhoof things back to back. I didn't right. even put th- I didn't even put two and two together until you mentioned it. Yeah, that was just a, a coincidence. But you're right. I mean. Basic Instinct might have been overtly sexual, but it wasn't that bloody. You had uh, well, I Gene, guess the beginning uh, what, of Triple Horn gets stabbed or yeah. gets shot at the end, and I then there's a couple violent places, I guess. But it's more realistic, I guess, compared to RoboCop. It's oh yeah, because I mean, when you start shooting somebody, everywhere. then you know they're usually just dead, and you don't need to keep shooting at them. That's true, but this one, you keep shooting the corpse. Yeah, until his head falls <laughs> off or whatever, you know. Definitely. <laughs> It's interesting. Now, one thing we passed over, what did you think about the scene where uh, Dick Jones, the older OCP guy, kind of gets revenge on uh, Bob Morton, the younger cocaine-sniffing guy, and he sends Boddicker to go and kill him right, at his house? Right, 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 right. Um, I kind of thought it was a dickish move. Yeah. Honestly. I mean, he's jealous that his uh, ED-209 didn't take off. Mm-hmm. He's jealous of the guy's RoboCop. Yeah. So he says, I'm going to kill you, fuck you, and he, he even makes a video that the guy plays on his screen where he says, I'm not here to kill you myself, but right, you I'm, fucked with the wrong guy. Yeah, I'm basically too lazy to do my own dirty work, so I'm <laughs> sending Boddicker in to do it. Yeah. And uh, he does it via grenade mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, pulls the pin. And it sucks, too, because Dick Jones is... Uh, uh, wait, is that right? Um, Dick Jones is the old guy. Okay, sorry. Who's the other dude, uh, then? Bob Morton. Bob Morton. Thank you. Uh, that's so, That's really hard for me to remember. Which sucks because Bob Morton was like having a good time. Yeah. You know what I mean? He was, he was he's living it up. Yeah. He's got a couple ladies. He's, you know, like, hey, I'm going to get it on. I'm doing a lot of coke. He's doing or cocaine like, off their tits. Yeah. And, you know, yep. like, hey, nice legs are right in front of me. So he was going to get some. Yeah. You know, you know that he had a boner at that point. And then the Boddicker comes in. He's just like, <laughs> you know what? And he shoots him first. He shoots him like four times, like in various places in his leg. Yeah. So he can't his run leg, away. So he can't run away, which I think is a really dick move to do as well. It Thanks, is. Dick Jones. Um, <laughs> but, I, th- that yeah, that whole scene was just. I mean, you knew that the guy had it coming. You knew that sure. something was going to happen. Um, but yeah, what a what a pussy! What a pussy that he couldn't do it himself. Definitely, it's uh, but just shows how underhanded everything is. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the end, I guess we won't spoil the uh, ending. But there's. But don't we have to spoil the ending in order to get to the second one? I guess you're right. I don't know. I've never seen the second one, so I'm asking. I mean, I guess, sure. Okay, well, so Dick Jones, you know, he's untouchable because he's an OCP executive. But RoboCop comes in with proof, video proof of all these people talking. And RoboCop has this spike thing that shoots out of his arm 
that he can plug into the wall like a VCR and it shows uh, whatever is in his memory banks. And he plays these clips on a big screen TV in this boardroom meeting where Dick Jones is and where the old man, the president of uh, OCP is. Mm -hmm. And the old man fires Dick Jones because Dick Jones no longer works for OCP. He can right. be killed. He can be shot. Yeah, because he took a hostage. He took the executive as a hostage. Yeah. And, not, and the hostage and is it's like, a, you're fired. And it's very satisfying to see Robocop shoot him. And then he kind of stumbles out the uh, glass window with a skyscraper. Right. Which that whole scene, or not that whole scene, but that part where Dick Jones actually dies. Yeah. Is so cheesy. Well, like, he, they did he, that like, in all those movies. I know, but like he falls out the window and he's going, ah. And, and you don't you, see him go splat. You think no, you would with you, all the other violence in this but movie. But you hear it, but but uh-huh. you, I think you hear the splat and he's still screaming. It's <laughs> like, it doesn't, like, it literally, if you sat there and you, not to say analyze it, but if you sat there and you watched it more than once, yeah, you would I know because I screwed up because like, okay, so when I, I, okay, so I had watched this like three months ago, right? Uh-huh. Um, I went and I clicked my Netflix again and it ended up at like, I think like less than 15 minutes of the movie and that was including the credits. Okay. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. It was like mid scene. I'm like, no, I want to start from the beginning of that scene, which was the very last scene. Right. And so, but I still watched it in order to figure out where I was. So I actually saw that part twice. Okay. And going, this doesn't make sense. I mean, it, it makes sense because he dies. Mm-hmm. But just like the timing of everything was just kind of like, oh. I wish you could have seen the, the body go splat. There's so much other blood and stuff going around. Um, you know, originally RoboCop was, uh, when they first sent it to the MPAA, they rated it X. So they had to cut out some violence from the movie. Uh-huh. And uh, there's an unrated version, I think, on some of the DVDs or something. But there's not much difference. It's just there's a bit more blood in the scene where RoboCop gets... Uh, when Alex Murphy gets shot and where the executive gets shot by Ed 209, mm-hmm. which is like 30 seconds more violence, but it's not one of those uncut versions where it's a big difference. Right. Because, I mean, it seems like everything now has an unrated version or an ux- extended version or mm-hmm. director's cut, but it used to be something really unusual. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how much more unusual you could get with this. Yeah. I really don't. I'm not sure if the one on Netflix is rated R or if it's the unrated one, but... Um, I don't... I'm going to look that up really quick because okay. I don't know if there's a way to tell because it should yeah. just be within my recently watched here. So, uh, you recently watched RoboCop. Yes, I did. Uh, I really hope that it doesn't start playing. <laughs> no. Um, it gives it a UR. Oh, unrated. Unrated, So it yeah. is the uncut one. Interesting. I would imagine it is. I mean, I can't imagine trying to watch this on <laughs> TV. I mean, how do they get away with This wouldn't the show the blood. I mean, they've certainly shown uh, RoboCop on TV. Yeah, oh, I'm sure they have, but, but it's, yeah. We still have some time, don't we? Uh, yeah, we've got about five minutes. Okay. Uh, yeah. Twitter, I got some stuff about RoboCop that was kind of fun. I was talking to uh, a guy I followed named uh, Jeff Green. He works for a game company called PopCap Games. Mm, they I do love PopCap Plants Games. Plants vs. Zombies, Bejeweled, yeah, they're one of all my that favorites. stuff. Mm-hmm. And I said, what's your favorite out of the RoboCop trilogy? And he says, well, the first one, obviously. obviously. <laughs> and, and this is one of those series where everyone loves the first movie, and then the drop-off in quality is uh, pretty steep. Maybe not Basic Instinct too steep. Mm-hmm. But they get so much accomplished in this first RoboCop movie. That, oh, yeah. You know, you, you, even though the character is fun, like what can you really do with the sequel? And they never really find, as we'll find out in the next coming weeks, in my opinion, they don't find a satisfying answer to how do you make more adventures of RoboCop interesting. But yeah, they did a whole Canadian series on it. They did a whole Canadian <laughs> TV series, yeah, and they did a mini series too. So, I mean, 
the name RoboCop is a very strong name. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I got on Twitter, I was asking Cheapy D, who he's a host of a show called CAGCast, the cheap-ass gamer uh, show, uh, about good RoboCop video games. And he talks about an arcade game and a Nintendo game of RoboCop that were okay. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, and I've played the Nintendo one, that, and that one is fun for the time, but it's really not one of those, because they haven't made a new RoboCop movie in theaters in a while, it's not one you see video games about all the time. Mm-hmm. Although, speaking of Terminator, they did do a RoboCop versus Terminator uh, comic book in the 90s. Oh. That is very convoluted, but kind of funny. It's a lot of different time travel things in that one. I think Terminator would win. You think? Yep. Yeah. I think so. In that comic book, I think the whole basic point is that um, the Skynet, is that the Terminator thing, right? Skynet uses the mind of RoboCop to become like a bad company. Oh. Because RoboCop... I don't know, knows so much shit. The robots learn from RoboCop's brain, and that's huh. why they became Terminators. That's kind of cool. So, yeah, it's a pretty huh. fun comic book if you can find it. But um, I think that's it on this first RoboCop here. Okay. Can you think of anything else? No, I mean, I no? just, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think that there's too much that I would change for it. Um, if you're thinking about having your kids see this movie, I would yeah, wait till they're like, yeah, <laughs> like 15, right. 19, 22. I mean, just don't do it because it's, I mean, kind of creepy and violent and, you know, special effects were great for what it was. I uh-huh. mean, there's obviously some cheesy parts of it, but um, Peter Weller, God love you. We love you, RoboCop. Yeah, RoboCop is uh, is good. And, you know, both RoboCop 1 and 2 are rated R and RoboCop 3 is PG-13. Oh, really? So, but all three RoboCops are currently on Netflix Watch Instantly in the United States. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, go to SequelCast.com if you want to check out old episodes or uh, Cascadia FM. You can listen to old episodes on there, too. Indeed, you can. So, um, until next time with the SequelCast, this is Matt. And I'm Sabrina. Saying, uh, tune in next week to hear us talk about RoboCop 2. <laughs> <laughs>